All right, praise God. Well, let's open our Bibles to uh, John chapter 8, and we'll begin reading in verse 31. We'll read down through verse 36. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If ye continue in my word, everybody say continue. If ye continue in my word. How many, how many drove to church today? How many know you couldn't just come out your driveway and stop to get here? Amen? You had to keep on going. Then turn to your neighbor and tell them, keep on going. Amen? Jesus says, continue. Keep on going. Amen? We got to keep on going in the Christian life. And he says, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Hallelujah. Glory to God. God's word is powerful to set us free. See, all bondage comes from deception. But God's word brings release into our life. Amen? And Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. The truth of the gospel has the power to bring liberty into your life. Can I have an amen? amen. I'll tell you, it's good to be free. They answered him. <laughs> now, you think they'd be happy, because we were happy hearing that, weren't we? <laughs> but listen, they answered him, we be Abraham's seed. You know the Bible said that God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble? They were so proud of their heritage that they couldn't receive the truth even though it was spoken from God, from the mouth of God. They said, we are Abraham's seed and we're never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, ye shall be made free? Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committeth what? Sin is the what? Servant of sin. So he says if you're sinning, then you're the servant of what? Sin. The servant of sin. Whoever commits sin is the servant of sin. It says the same thing over in uh, 1 John 3, 8 uh, about Sin, And then he said, for this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Sin is the work of the devil. Jesus came to destroy sin. Here he says, whoever commits sin is the servant of, the, of sin, and the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the Son abideth ever. Did you know you can't get into God's house with sin? That's why you must be born again. Because only through the new birth, only through the miracle of the new birth, only through the forgiveness of sins through Jesus Christ, only through what he did on Calvary, and us personally receiving that gift, that's the only way we can get into heaven. Because the, the servant of sin abides not in the house forever. But the son abides ever. 
The son's in the house. Amen. The son's in the house. So we need the son. Can I have an amen? See, sometimes we think, well, we can make it into heaven because we'll be good enough. But all have sinned and done what? Fallen short of the glory of God. You talked about that, that bridge, those two mountains, this, you know, that great cliff, and we're always trying to, and mankind's always trying to bridge that gap. So many things in life and culture and humanity is really an attempt to bridge that gap to be fulfilled, to feel right. But the only way we can really bridge that gap is through what God did for us, through the cross. He said, the Son abides in the house forever. Verse 36, if the Son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. Indeed, if the Son shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. Now, I'm not going to look this up in the Greek or anything, but somebody probably can tell me, what does that word mean, indeed? He says, if the Son makes you free, you're free indeed. What does that mean to you? No ifs, ands, or buts about it. You will be free. Free indeed. Jesus sets us free. That's our title today, I think. Jesus sets us free. Jesus has set me free. Glory to God. Sometimes we think, well, you know, I've come to God, and I've been set free in this area, in this area, in this area, but, oh, I've got this other area over here. I can't be set free in that area. But I'll tell you, him who the Son sets free is free indeed. Hallelujah. He came to bring liberty to the captives. Pastor Rich read it out of Psalms. He looses the prisoners. Folks, the prison door is open. Come on out of the prison. You know, many people are in a prison of addictions, a prison of phobias and obsessions and fears and problems. But him who the Son sets free is free indeed. This gospel message is a message of freedom through Christ. Hallelujah. I'll tell you what, Jesus has set me free. You know, I was, I was raised in a Christian church, in a Baptist church, and they preached the gospel. And I heard the gospel message, even responded to it as a child, but I went off my own way, and I got into bondage. I got into some addictions. I got into some sin. I was the servant of sin. But the Lord began to draw me through a group of Christians who were sold out and on fire, and a a group of Christians that loved God began to minister to me, and God began to stir in my heart. And I came to a crisis point in my life where I needed to either keep going with sin or follow Jesus because I was being torn apart. And one day I went to, to a preacher and talked to him about it. He says, you need to get baptized and you need to surrender your life to Jesus. So I went and I, I was baptized in water, came out of that water. And, uh, you know, my wife and I, we were, we were vagabond hippies. That was our background. 
And I got in my old pickup truck and drove home, and I'm sitting out in front of my house. And I'm praying because I wanted God in my life. And all of a sudden, God spoke to me. How many ever heard the voice of the Lord? He talks, you know. He's not mute. We just need to open our ears. I didn't know how to open my ears, but God opened my ears for me. And he said these words to me. He said, turn from the things of the world. Now, see, I already had the cross as far as the knowledge of the cross and understanding of the cross, but it hadn't become real to me because I wasn't living for Jesus. It says over there, Jesus is Lord. I knew about Jesus the Savior, but I didn't know Jesus is Lord. And so he said, turn from the things of the world. Well, I had just heard God speak. You say, well, how do you know? I don't know. You just know. I never heard anything like it. But I knew God had spoken to me. And he said, turn from the things of the world. I said two words. I said, yes, Lord. And I said it with a resolve from the depths of my heart. Not in my own energy, but you see, I knew he was putting his hand on my life. He was talking to me about the way I had been living. I said, yes, Lord, and I meant I was going to follow him. And I'll tell you, the Holy Ghost came in my life. I was washed. I was cleansed. I was empowered. I was changed. Everything about my life changed at that point. And God continued to speak to me that night some other things as I was sitting in that pickup truck and my wife and little baby were sitting there next to me. And the Lord said these words to me. He said, precious is the blood of the lamb that was shed for you. See, we are saved, we are set free because of his blood, because of what he did at Calvary for us. He said, precious is that blood that was shed for you. See, Jesus went to that cross of Calvary and died for your sins. You say, I'm really a mess. I've messed up my life. I've hurt people. I've hurt myself. I've hurt my family. I've done wrong. But you know what? God loves you. The Bible said that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. See, he didn't wait for me to clean up my act in order to love me. He didn't wait for me to change, to die for my sins. He took the first step. He initiated this thing. His blood is precious. Precious is the blood of the Lamb, which was shed for you, the Lord said. And I'm sitting there, I'm basking in the presence of God. The glory of God is all, it's all over me. And then the Lord said these words. He says, I give you a new life free from the bonds of iniquity. Free from the bonds of iniquity. Because you see, him who the Son sets free is free indeed. Well, I found out that he, I found out that was true. I mean, before that, I couldn't go for very long without a drink. But after that experience, I haven't even had a drink since then. The only time was by accident in a church that served communion with wine for communion. <laughs> Other than that, I haven't had a drink in 30, 34 years. 
We say, wow, you're really something. No, <laughs> I'm not much. <laughs> He's something. He's something. Him who the sun sets free is free indeed. And the drugs always seem to be smoking that marijuana. All gone. Don't need that anymore. I got the Holy Ghost. Because him who the sun sets free is free indeed. Hallelujah. He sets the captives free. Amen. Now, not everything in our life has come that easy. Some are more of a challenge. I know a friend of mine that she was uh, a Christian for eight years and couldn't get rid of a smoking habit. But she hung in there, kept trusting the Lord, and Jesus set her free. (laughs) Sometimes it comes easy, sometimes it's not as easy. But the truth is just the same. He sets the captives free. Amen. He's a liberator of your soul. Amen. So don't accept junk in your life. Don't accept sin or bondage in your life. Don't accept what Satan wants to do in your life. Because him who the sun sets free is free indeed. He has done the work and set the captives free. Now, what the Bible calls this freedom, this work of freedom, is redemption. Redemption. So I want you to turn with me, and we're going to take a little tour through the Word of God. Turn to Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3. Uh, And we'll begin reading here in verse 21. Romans 3.21. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested. Did you know you're not saved by keeping the law? Now when you're saved, the law is in your heart. But you're not saved by the keeping of the law. You're saved by what Jesus did. And that's why he says, but now the righteousness of God. Righteousness means being right with God. How many are right with God today? Well, if you're here today and you don't have that sense and that knowledge inside of you that you're right with God, I want you to know, we want to give you an opportunity before this is over today to, to respond to the gospel that's being preached. And to come and to receive Jesus, because you, you can leave here different than what you came. You might have come in guilty and condemned over your sins, but you can leave free, and free indeed. And you can begin a new life. So we'll give you an opportunity to do that, because the Lord wants to do such a work in your life, and he gives you that opportunity. And he says, but now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested or made known, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. What he's saying there is that the, old, the whole Old Testament pointed to the message of the gospel. It, it, the witness of the gospel was in there. Verse 22, even the righteousness of God, which is how? By faith in who? Jesus Christ, unto all and upon all, that believe. 
So if you're here today and you don't have that witness in your heart, you know, the Bible said that the Holy Spirit bears witness in our heart that we are the children of God. You might be a churchgoer, but you haven't really accepted Jesus. And you don't have that witness, you see. But you can because this message is for everyone that will believe. Everyone that will put their trust in what he did. This is for you, this righteousness. Now, what does that mean, righteousness? Righteousness means being right with God. So maybe you came in with sin, but you can leave righteous because his righteousness is a gift. Just as if I was going to give you this Bible, it's a gift, which I'm not going to because I just bought this one. But God's a lot more generous than me. And what God gives us is his righteousness. Now, how many think God's righteous? You know, if I had, if I had uh, one hand here, I had this is God's righteousness. And over here, I've got this. This is Tom's righteousness. Which would you rather have? Well, I think you'd rather have God's righteousness. Well, God offers you his righteousness. That's what forgiveness really means. It means you're no longer unrighteous. You're now righteous. He makes us righteous because he's able to make us righteous. And he does it through this redemption we're talking about. Look at verse 23 now. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So many people think, well, I've been a good person all my life. Haven't stolen. I've done this. I've gone to church. I take communion. God will let me in because I've done good things. But the Bible said, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Even Rich back there when he was that farmer bowed on his knees in the barn over a hay bale. It's because he was a sinner just like you and me. God forgave those sins, see, through Jesus Christ. All of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Being justified... Now, that word means made righteous. So we can just say being made righteous through the redemption. Everybody say redemption. The redemption that's in Christ Jesus. The redemption that's in Christ Jesus. The redemption that's in Christ Jesus. Now, redemption means to buy back. To buy back. There's a scripture in the Old Testament that says, You have sold yourself for nothing but you will be redeemed without money. God has bought you back and brought you into the kingdom of darkness. He's made the way through Jesus Christ. That's called redemption. That's a word that was used in Bible days for the buying back, for example, of a slave. You know, back in those days, they had slavery was widespread. And you could go into a city and they would have a slave market. And somebody that had a slave they wanted to get rid of or they had captured somewhere, they would bring them in and they would bring them into this auction. And they would auction them off. Here, uh, how do you talk like an auctioneer, Pastor Rich? Will you give me, will you give me, will you give me, give me, will you give me, you know. So they're bidding up this human being and selling them. 
So they would be in bondage to one person. They'd go to the slave market. Somebody else would buy them, and they'd be in bondage to that person. Now think about what it's like to be a slave. You get up in the morning, and you do what the slave owner says to do. And then at noontime, you're still doing what the slave owner wants you to do. And in the evening, and you go to bed finally, if, you, if they let you, you're owned by someone else. You are in bondage. It's a very hopeless, helpless situation. And that's the picture that God gives us as of our lives before we're in Christ. We are slaves to the devil. We're slaves to sin. We're totally in bondage. We're totally helpless. We're totally hopeless. But in those slave auctions, as the, the auctioneer was there, from time to time, there would be a benevolent person that would want to set a, a slave free. And they would come and they would spy them out and say, you know, I want to set you free. And so they would begin to bid in order to pay the price of redemption to set that person free. That's the buying back. That's the picture. Whenever he uses the word redemption, remember that, because that's the picture that's behind that particular word. It's the buying back of a slave. And Jesus' work on the cross of Calvary was that purchase. He said that we're redeemed not with silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without spot or wrinkle. That's the greatest price that could ever be paid the price of the Son of God. And he did that because he loves you. He loves you. God loves you. He looks at your heart and he wants you to come to him. So he buys you back that you might come to him. He sets you free. Now that word is also used in the Old Testament. When God brought the children of Israel out of Egypt where they were slaves, he said, I have redeemed you. So redemption is an Old Testament word also. And it means there again to set free. And it dealt with the practicalities of their life. When God set them free, it brought liberty into their life. And I'll tell you, when Jesus sets us free, it brings liberty into our daily life. It's not only about heaven's blessings. It's about being free in Christ. Can I have an amen? So the first point is this. He redeems us from judgment and brings us into righteousness. Because whenever God redeems us, he redeems us from something to something. He brought the children of Israel out of Egypt in order to bring them into the promised land. He brings us out of judgment and condemnation and brings us into righteousness. That's called forgiveness. Now, the second thing is, he redeems us from the curse of the law. Turn to Galatians chapter 3. Can somebody read Galatians chapter 3, 13 and 14, good and loud for us? Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, 
that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law. Now, you know what a curse is? You know, as you think about the people you know, maybe there's someone you know that just seems like they're under a curse. Everything goes wrong for them. Everything is against them. Well, there was a curse of the law where God said, if you keep my law, you'll be blessed. That's for Old Testament Israel. But he said, if you don't keep the law, you'll be cursed. God said that. And he enumerated what that curse was. You know what it was? It was, it was sickness and disease. It was defeat from your enemies. It was broken homes. It was children that were carried away captive. It was someone else taking your wife, stealing your home. It was defeat. It was a mess. It was a curse. If you want to read about it, read it in Deuteronomy 28. It tells us about the curse of the law. He talks about so many diseases in there, you can't even you make your head swim. And at the end of that chapter, he says, and any other disease that isn't written in here, that'll come on you too. It's a curse. But he said, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. How? Being made a curse for us. As it is written, cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. So he's saying that when Jesus Christ hung on the cross, the curse that you deserved for your sin was placed upon him on that Calvary's tree. The judgment that you deserved was placed upon Calvary's tree for you and I. It's a substitution. And I didn't read about it, but it uses the word in Romans there, a propitiation, a satisfaction. The judgment of God against us for our sins was placed on Jesus. That's why the cross is such a, a wonderful thing. Jesus died on that cross of Calvary for our sins. He was buried, and he rose again the third day. And how many know Jesus is alive? Amen? So Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, so that what? The blessing might come on the Gentiles. See, before that, we had to be in, we had to be in the nation of Israel to really be in the covenant blessings. But now these blessings are available for the whole world, for every one of us, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. All of us. I don't care what your background is, what your nationality is, if you're young or old or middle-aged or, you know, all of us, the little baby, it's a blessing is available for us through Jesus Christ, the blessing of Abraham. It's good to be blessed, to enjoy the blessing of God. You know, I was in a church one time and just said hi casually to a gentleman there. I said, how you doing? He says, I'm blessed and highly favored. <laughs> I thought, that's good. You know, if we're Christians, we need to understand we're blessed. You know, <clears throat> he says in Ephesians that he hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. We're blessed. We're blessed people. Can I have an amen today? So he has, 
redeemed us from the curse of the law and brought us into blessing. And not only that, we're in Galatians, let's read the, the fifth chapter, or the fifth verse of the fourth chapter now. To redeem them that were under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons. Now, ladies, this is for you too. Even though it says sons, this is a spiritual principle. How many can, how many can separate a little bit here, the spiritual and the natural, okay? Because the sons in Bible days received what? The inheritance of the family. And the Bible says we are heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. So ladies, this is one time you want to be a son. God's looking for the manifested sons of God to rise up. Hallelujah. And demonstrate to the world that Jesus is alive. All right. Third point. Turn to Titus. The third point is this. First point was he redeemed us from what? Judgment. Second point, he redeemed us from the curse. The third point, he redeemed us from iniquity. Everybody say iniquity. All right, Titus chapter 2, verse 11. For the grace of God. Thank God for the grace of God. Are you hearing a message today about the grace of God? For the grace of God that bringeth salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, talking about his death on the cross here, who, we're in the 14th verse, now watch this, who gave himself for us that he might, what? Redeem us from all iniquity. Now, if you have a modern translation, it might say wickedness or sin. And purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. Now, you might say, well, I thought we heard here that we're not saved by good works. That's right. That's exactly right. You're not saved by, there is no good work you can do to be saved. But once you get saved, as the fruit of your salvation works out in your life, you will bring forth good works. Good works. You will be zealous of good works. I tell you, I want to do some good works for the Lord. I want Jesus to shine through my life, amen? I want to be an example to these young people over here, amen? I want my life to shine with Jesus. And the Bible said that he redeemed me not only from judgment, not only from the curse, but he redeemed me from iniquity. Now, that iniquity, that's not just sins. That that doesn't mean he's redeemed me from my sins. He's redeemed me from my sinfulness. 
In other words, he redeemed me through the work of the cross. He redeemed me from the power of sin. That's why I say, don't allow sin. Don't accept sin as part of your life. That tendency of the flesh might be strong, but God's cross is greater. And you need to embrace that cross because his cross is your cross. When he died, you died. He died unto sin once. And there's power in the cross to set us free. And our redemption, folks, includes a redemption from iniquity. And this is part of the plan of God because God's looking for a spotless bride, without, for a bride without spot or blemish or any such thing. And Paul said, I pressed towards that mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. There was a desire in him to be like Jesus. Do you have that desire in you today? Maybe you've been in the mode, well, we're all sinners. I just can't help it. This is the way I am, and this is the way I always will be. But I'll tell you, Jesus said the truth will set you free. And you do not have to be a slave to sin, neither do I. I don't have to live under that bondage. Amen. Whatever it would be, whether it's pornography or an addiction or a phobia or a fear or some kind of power that Satan has in my life, I break that in Jesus' name. Because he redeemed me from iniquity just as much as he brought me out of Egypt, hallelujah, out of sin, out of darkness, out of death. He's given me a new life. So he redeemed me from judgment. He redeemed me from the curse. He redeemed me from iniquity unto purity. And the final point is this. He redeemed me from death. He has redeemed me from death. Now, let's go to 1 Corinthians. Chapter 15. And when we were reading there in Titus, I didn't preach on it, but it said there that that we're to be looking to the coming of Jesus Christ. How many know Jesus is coming back? He's coming back. And do you know what's going to happen when he comes back? He's going to raise the dead. The Bible said the dead shall be raised incorruptible. And those that remain until his coming, they won't have to go through the grave. That's why it's kind of good to live in the end times. Maybe this is the time when Jesus is coming back. We won't even have to go to the grave. Because he's going to change us into a body like his body. We're going to become immortal. That's another subject. I mean, we'll have to preach on this next time. But he talks about this in 1 Corinthians 15, 51. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment. In a twinkling of an eye at the last trump. For the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. 
See, mortal means that's what we are now. We're subject to death. That's like the word mortuary. It has to do with our mortality. Last year, I buried my mother. We did the funeral for my, the man that led me to the Lord. We don't live forever. Amen? But through Jesus Christ, we do. Our physical bodies don't, but through Jesus Christ, we live forever. So when this corruptible, this body that's subject to, to mortality, death, and corruption, shall have put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, he's quoting from an Old Testament scripture, which I, you know, just thank the Lord. I'm not going to make you look it up today. San Hosea 13, 14. And I want you to listen now. This is what God says through the prophet. I will ransom thee. That means pay a ransom for you. Did you know God's paid a ransom for you? I will ransom thee from the power of the grave. I will redeem thee from death. O death, I will be thy plagues. O grave, I will be thy destruction. God, through Jesus Christ, has defeated death. And he has redeemed us from it. And so we're redeemed from death and given what? Eternal life through Jesus Christ. I've been set free. I don't have to fear death. I know that my sins have been forgiven. <laughs> my life's been changed. Jesus is my Lord. Amen? Now, how do you get into all this? See, God's done it all. I mean, he did all the work. But we have to say yes. How many know if you get in a nice car, it's maybe three or 400 horsepower? I mean, it'll go, it'll do it, it'll do the work, amen? But how many know you got to get in there and turn the key? Amen? And, and, and this is what we have. There is something that we have to do. Remember when I had that Bible, uh, handing it over here to, to Richard DeRyder, right? This is Rich DeRyder right here. I handed it to him, the gift of righteousness. I paid for the Bible. Amen. I did all the work. Here it is. I handed a hand to him. What do you got to do? Reach out and take it. Just reach out and take it. Is that so hard? Amen? And the Bible says it this way, as many as received him. That's talking about Jesus. As many as received him. Lord, I receive you today into my heart, into my life as the Savior of my soul and as my Lord and Master. I'm not serving sin anymore. I'm following you. 
A transaction takes place. He takes your sin and gives you his righteousness and gives you a new life. That's called being born again. You must be born again. Amen. Hallelujah. So I'd like to ask us just to bow our heads before the Lord for a moment today. I want to just let the Holy Spirit talk to you. It's not about Tom talking to you. It's the Holy Spirit. You know, he knows exactly where you're at and what you need. and He convicts you. If you're not right with God, he wants you to know that you can be today. You can be forgiven. Praise God. Just as we're before the Lord with our eyes closed, our head bowed, how many would say, I need God's forgiveness today in my life? Would you lift your hand if that's you? All right. Any others? This is your opportunity. Okay, I see that hand. Are there others today? God. Thank you, Father. I'd like to ask one other question today. How many today would say, I know from the word today that I've been set free, but there's been an area in my life where I need freedom. I need to experience his freedom. Would you lift your hand if that's you? You need to be set free in an area in your life. Okay? Lift your hand. Lift it high. All right. Okay. I'd like to ask those of you that raised your hand for either of these two, if you would just come, and I'd like to pray with you. Just come and stand here. Just face me. It's between you and God, but we're here with you to encourage you. Would you just come and stand and let's pray? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Is there anyone else that would like to come? God's tugging at your heart. Remember we said, there's some here, you know, that you don't know that you have eternal life. Jesus said that his, the Holy Spirit would let us know that we have eternal life. If you don't have that knowledge, I want to encourage you to come today. Some are here for forgiveness, some are here just to get set free, but it's the same grace that brings these things. So is there others that need to come before we pray? Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for these precious people. We thank you, Lord, they've taken a step towards you today, and I thank you that you meet them. You meet them in the need of their life today, in the need of the hour in their life today. I thank you for touching them by your Holy Spirit and calling them to you, Lord, for liberty. Because him who the Son sets free is free indeed. 
I thank you for cleansing, and I thank you for breaking the strongholds in the name of Jesus. Let's just pray these words. Just say, Dear Father, I thank you for Jesus, that he died for my sins on that cross of Calvary. I thank you because you love me. You sent Jesus to suffer in my stead. Father, I thank you for your forgiveness, your cleansing, your healing, your deliverance. I proclaim that Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus is my Lord. And I will follow him. I turn from sin. I turn from Satan. I turn from strongholds. I am free. In Jesus' name. Lord, I claim my inheritance. Freedom in Christ. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. We pray you have been blessed and encouraged by this message from Tom Shanklin Ministries. Tom Shanklin Ministries is reaching the world with the good news of Jesus Christ. We invite you to become part of this worldwide evangelistic outreach through your prayers and financial support. To request our free monthly newsletter, you can reach Tom Shanklin Ministries at 507-407-HELP. That's 507-407-4357. Visit Tom Shanklin Ministries online at TomShanklin.org or send cards and letters to Tom Shanklin Ministries, P.O. Box 4144, Mankato, Minnesota, 56002.